Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, John. I have a cold. And I'm playing a Lunadas, Elven Monk, who doesn't really care about fantasy titties. <laughs> and Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. Also, how do you decide the order that people are introduced in? It's I've been wanting to know for like two and a half years. It's a secret. Fair enough. You may never know. And Blake. Hi, I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the Eldritch Knight slash Wizard Dragonborn. And Shane. That's me playing Alexander the Human Bard. Alright, so the last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, you found yourselves in the city of Kala. Um, Once you got off the docks, uh, you went and found a room, and then decided to go exploring in the city to see what you could see. Uh, Lunados went to the Greasy Palm to see if there was anything left of the Red Talons there. Uh, He found that the place was boarded up, and while he was there, he gained a tell. Not one attached to his butt, but a person who was following him. Um, After some... uh, Kevin, you always spoil my dad jokes. (laughs) Uh, as he uh, slinked his way through some alleys, he uh, ran into a guard uh, who stopped him from running on the streets, uh, and uh, it was a stop and frisk situation. Um, Lunados said someone was following him, but when they looked around, there was no one there. Uh, we went to Talia, and Talia, I can't remember what you were doing. What were you doing? I just went down to the docks and looked at the thieves' camp for places where we could get um, medical attention or a fence or something like that, like if we need help, so we don't have to go to a legitimate person and then kill them after we help the, after they help us. Yeah, like you do. I mean, um, you know, like you do. <laughs> okay, and then uh, we had uh, Alexander and Juliet, who decided to swing by the home of Juliet's parents. To see if they were there. Uh, when we got, they got there, it was boarded up. Uh, they broke their way into it and found that the home had been tossed, um, and it looked like it had been some time since uh, it had happened because the uh, yard had been uh, grown up, um, and uh, the things inside the house that appeared to have been a mill were long rotted. On their way out, they too developed a tell. They started chasing this person who was initially following them. 
um, but lost them as they uh, tried to find them. So they decided to go to a law office to try to get some information on maybe an arrest record for um, her parents. Or no, you know, weren't doing arrest record. You were looking for deeds, right? Or what could have happened to the home? Yes, a list of deeds for the specific area because we want to become landlords. Gotcha. So that's where you're going to find yourselves now. You are outside the uh, law offices of uh, Franklin Mint, uh, barrister and personal injury attorney. Um, You make your way inside of this place and it is gaudy. There's like mahogany on the walls. Um, There's gold and silver almost everywhere in this place. Um, You think it's made up to look uh, pretty impressive. There's like gold lamps and candlesticks and anything um, that would be mundane like stationary sets and such are like in gold trays with uh, gold tip um, quills. Um, You look around the room and there's these gold and silver gaudy knickknacks everywhere. There's like this... uh, these commemorative coins of the uh, mayors of Kala. They're in an, a display case on a bookshelf inside, uh, along with a commemorative plate of uh, the likeness of the new mayor, which is like this really nice porcelain with a uh, gold rim all the way around. And uh, you're also going to notice that there's kind of a, it's a board game set that is on the uh, the table in the waiting area here uh, between two couches um, that appears to be made of the likenesses of the companions in pewter on one side and some cowed figures on the other that you don't really recognize. Um, towards the back of this room, you are going to see this finely dressed halfling woman with blonde hair uh, sitting behind this low desk that's finely crafted from this dark wood that has silver and gold gilding all over it. And uh, she's going to look up, and uh, you could tell her she gives you like this uh, up and down glance to see what you're about. And then uh, after a second, she says in this lilting tone, May I help you? Uh, yeah, we're trying to talk to the uh, the lawyer to try and get some help. And do you have an appointment? Uh, we don't. Okay, well, uh, if you have a seat here, um, Mr. Mint will be with you shortly. Can I get you any refreshments? No, thanks. Some wine, some water, perhaps a fresca? I'm fine. Okay. So, uh, she's gonna motion for you to, uh, take a seat and, uh, on one of these couches and, uh, there's like these long, deep, heavy cushioned couches that um, are leather. Uh, they're really nice, and they've got like the the little brass um, rivets um, along the uh, the outside of the couch here. So about 30 minutes are going to go by, and uh, you see a door open towards the uh, the back of the room, and you hear some laughter. And uh, out walks this gnome dressed in uh, these nice silk robes followed by a halfling man who you think is probably about 50 years old and he's got this bleached slick back hair and he's dressed in this dark suit um, 
that's made out of uh, blue silk. And uh, there's a twinkle, um, you notice, that comes uh, off of the, uh, the light coming through the window and reflects off his uh, jeweled gold rings that are on every finger of each hand. And uh, he pats the gnome on the shoulder and says, I'll take care of you. No problems, no worries. And the, uh, the gnome nods to the halfling and gives you a slight glance and walks out the door. And this uh, halfling in the, the blue silk suit is going to turn and look at you and gives you a warm smile and says, uh, Deborah, who do we have here? And uh, she says, people to see you, but the, they don't have an appointment. And he says, well, I'm sure we can work them in. I probably don't need an introduction. I'm Franklin Mint Esquire at your service. You've probably seen the signs on all the benches around town. Is that how you found us? Or word of mouth? I know my profile's uh, jumped since the Red Tide trial. Take this down, Deborah. We need to track to see if this campaign is worth the money. Yeah, I heard it through word of mouth. I was asking around to see if uh, anybody knew a good lawyer and they pointed you right away. Oh, yeah? Uh, have you seen the signs? Uh, every now and again. Okay. Kevin, would I have seen the signs? Um, sure. There's like you walk around town and there's these benches and it's got like his now that you see him, you recognize his likeness and uh, his cells pitch that are kind of like on the backs of these uh, benches around town. Yeah, uh, the benches are pretty nice. Great, great. Uh, write that down, Deborah. He's going to uh, lean over to her and he starts uh, whispering something. And uh, give me a perception check. I shall attempt to perceive. While he's doing that, I want to point out my new head cannon that I put in the thing. His okay. catchphrase is, let me be Frank. <laughs> because he's not actually Frank. Because he killed Frank and assumed his identity. Fifteen. Um, you pick, uh, it's not like a really low whisper, but you hear him say, uh, do they have gold? I've got enough gold to cover what we need. Oh, you... <laughs> you say that out loud? Please say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says, uh... Oh, uh, great. It's just, uh, just a formality. Um, great. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I understand. Oh, well, c come into my office where we can talk privately. And, uh, he's going to motion for you to, uh, enter his office. Juliet's with me, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And possibly Talia? I don't remember. No, no she was just meta. Yeah, she was just meta telling us, uh, kind of what we were looking for since she came up with the idea. Yeah, it's just uh, Juliet and Alexander. Um, so uh, you enter his office, and it's even more ostentatious than the uh, the waiting room. Behind his desk, there's this large painting that takes up like half the wall that depicts him uh, orating in the high courts of Kala. Um, you probably wouldn't know that, Alexander, but um, Juliet would recognize um, the room. And uh, he's going to motion for you to uh, sit down in these uh, high-backed leather chairs there in front of his uh, desk. And uh, his desk is like this like gold-gilded uh, desk with like this fine, ornate uh, scroll work within the wood and the gold and silver that gilds it. 
and uh, you sit down and he uh, goes behind the desk and he sits down in his chair and uh, he reaches inside this crystal covered dish and pulls out what appears to be some sort of candy and pops a piece in his mouth and then uh, he slides the dish towards you and says uh, peppermint always like fresh breath sure I'll take one Juliet will take one as well uh, it's very sugary and very pepperminty and it's like one of those that's uh, kind of like uh, fluffy that kind of melts in your mouth a little bit oh, I love those Talia wishes she was there <laughs> so he's going to give you uh, this big smile as uh, he crunches into this peppermint and uh, he says uh, so uh, up front so we don't waste each other's time oh, I get it because his name is Mint oh okay <laughs> so uh, he says so up front so we don't waste each other's time my fee is 50 gold a day and a 50 gold a month retainer there's also a 20 gold fee for this consultation and any future office visits up to one hour. I know it might seem like a lot, but I'm the best in Kala, and probably the world. I mean, look what I did for those Red Talons. They were as guilty as the Abyss, and I was able to get them a quick death on and their heads on a pike. Could have been much, much worse. So, uh, anyway, is that fee agreeable to you? I look over to, uh, Julie well, whatever facade Juliet has on now. And I'm like, yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, okay. Juliet will nod. All right, so what do you two look like right now? Just to set the scene. Uh, I'm just the same as ever. Just the same as ever. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really used any magic on myself. That's fair. Oh, so you're uh, just walking Juliet. around Kala looking like Alexander? I mean, I feel like a lot of people look like Alexander. <laughs> and I okay. have the cloak on. I guess that's fair. And uh, uh, Juliet looks like a gold dragonborn um, with kind of the Raven Queen garb on. So I don't I don't know how fancy or official that looks, but uh, I guess there's some sort of costume aspect there. Okay. And you're uh, dressed like a slutty nurse. Um. Basically, I wasn't going to say it's that. A cheap ha- but it's sure. a cheap Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So uh, he says, you know, he asks you if that fee is agreeable. Sounds good to me. Great, great. So uh, let's get down to business. I'll take the uh, fifty gold now as a retainer, which ensures your confidentiality and anything that's said to me as your attorney won't go beyond this room without your permission. And he's going to pull out a small chest from a drawer in the desk, and he opens it facing you. I'll uh, take out 50 gold and plop it in there. Great, great, great. Now uh, he points to a golden uh, foot-tall statue of an elven woman holding a set of scales, and he says, uh, this right here is probably the best gold I've ever spent. And uh, he pushes down the left scale, and you feel the slight tingle for a second. And he says, uh, this ensures no one is listening to our conversation. Now this one, and he points to the scale on the right, and says, have you heard of the Zone of Truth spell? 
it guarantees no lies can be spoken in this room. And trust me, this is for your benefit, so I can give you the best representation. And that means I need to know the truth. You can refuse to answer some things, and that's okay. If I feel it's not pertinent, I'm not going to ask you about your most embarrassing moments or the first person to break your heart. I also don't need to know your reasons or motivations for what you want. And like I said, anything said in this room doesn't go outside this room without your consent. You could tell me you're Asmodeus himself and I wouldn't tell anyone, but I need your cooperation and consent to use this. If you refuse, I'm afraid our conversation's over. Uh, I don't really have a problem with that. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So he is going to uh, push down the right scale and you're going to feel um, this uh, another tingle come over you. Um, do either of you try to resist this? Uh, Juliet will. <laughs> Juliet will? Yep. Okay, give me a wisdom saving throw. A 15. Okay. Uh, that's a fail. All right. Will he notice if we pass it? Uh, he'll notice if you f if uh, you pass it. Yes, he'll know that it doesn't affect you. Uh, I guess this means we can't use no. the walkie-talkies anymore. Nope. I because will not risk it. You won't resist it. Okay. He says, great, great. Okay. So now we can start our conversation. First up, are either of you an agent or working in any capacity for the city of Kala or any other government in the world? I am not. Not any longer. Great, great. So now we can get to your consultation. So that'll be 20 gold. And he points to the open chest. I'll plop it in. Awesome. And he closes the chest and uh, turns over this large gold gilded hourglass on his desk and says, uh, So what exactly is it you need from me? Um, we would like you to look into the property, uh, we're trying to buy properties in the area. Well, before I say that, never mind, Kevin, I, that's a lie. I can't say that. Right. Uh, uh, we need to look into the, uh, the ownership of a certain few houses, a house in the, in this district of the city. And we heard that you don't ask questions and, uh, don't spread names. Well, you heard right. So, what exactly, uh, what properties are you wanting me to look into? Uh, Kevin, how would I refer to Juliet's parents' property? Uh, is there, does it have, like, a number on the side? Well, Juliet would know the, uh, the address of it, which would be probably, I think, like, the 50 or 55, uh, Shell Street. Um, yes, it's 55 Shell Street, owned by the, or formerly owned, I think by the Starstorm family. Okay. And he pulls out like this uh, gold knobbed quill and starts uh, writing down the address and says, uh, is, is that it? I mean, that's... I could probably uh, get that... Like you to I could probably get that done uh, maybe today or tomorrow. I mean, that's not a big ask. Yeah, and we'd like you to try and push in a couple other buildings just in case like somebody... Uh, looks into the venture and isn't like. I wonder why he's looking to the that house I, specifically. I, 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 I don't. I don't need to know your reasons. Reasonable enough. Um, 
And yeah, and we want to know where the owners of that building are. They weren't there whenever we uh, whenever we stopped by. Okay, do you have any... Uh, what, what makes you think they're not just dead or moved away or bankrupt? The house was completely trashed. And it looked like there was a fight. Huh. Do you uh, have any thoughts or ruminations about what could have happened to them? I mean, I, I, this isn't prying, and I don't need to know your motivations. I just need some, some help tracking this down. Uh, we think it was the city guards. Um, they might have been thought that they might have been tied with the red talons. Okay. And uh, you see him make a quick note. All right. Is there uh, anything else you need from me? I think that, that about covers what we need, right? I believe so. Just the property and the location of the tenants or former tenants. That should be pretty easy to find. They keep pretty good records here in Call of Deeds and possible arrests, deaths, that sort of thing. Oh, good. Good. And you said you could do this almost today? Well, it's getting a little late in the day, so it probably... I'll stop by first thing in the morning at the clerk's office, do a little research. Shouldn't probably take more than an hour or two. They know me over there, and, uh, you know, you slip anybody a little bit of coin makes things go faster, you know. Oh, thank you so much. Definitely worth the gold. And he stares at you for a second and says, uh, Sir, is there anything else I can do for you today? Sounds good to me. All right. Well, just, uh, you can either stop by tomorrow afternoon and, uh, Deborah can give you a, uh, update or you could leave a address, maybe where you live or staying and I can send a, uh, messenger to you when I'm finished. Uh, we'll come by and check on it. Fair enough. Well, if there's nothing else I can do for you today, I'll see you out. Easy day. Of course. Thank you very much. No problem. No problem. And he stands up and uh, opens the uh, the door for you and says, Stop by tomorrow afternoon. We should have something for you. Yes, sir. And uh, as you walk out, you, he says to Deborah, he says, Deborah, hold all my meetings for the rest of the day. She nods and she motions you uh, to uh, leave. Uh-oh. All right, we'll get out of there. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's time to leave. All right. So uh, you leave the office. Uh, is there anything else that uh, you want to do in town? At this point, it's probably about uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You think there's probably another... Well, you would know that there's probably about two and a half hours before uh, sunset, Juliet, and there's currently a curfew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should get back to the inn as soon as possible. We don't want to be caught out when the guards are about at night. Yeah. So we are going to head back to the inn right away. Okay. So you make it back to the inn, and um, you see it's, it's cleared out a little bit. Um, but there are some people there having their their evening meal, and the uh, the bard that you saw advertised uh, earlier is uh, beginning to set some stuff up on stage. At this point, you think there 
The inn probably hired this bard as entertainment for the people staying here because uh, people aren't allowed out on the streets right now after dark. So uh, you headed up to your rooms? Yep. Yep. All right. So uh, Talia and Luno uh, would both be back at this point. Followed. Were you followed? As soon as whoever walks in. (laughs) Okay. Uh, not to hear. Good. Wait, wait. Does that mean you were, were what? Were you followed otherwise? What? Yeah, we tried to confront him, but he got away. Ooh, this is bad. I don't like being here. We should leave. Well, we gotta wait at least until tomorrow midday afternoon to get the results of uh, uh, Juliet's parents. Uh, okay. But, uh, I don't like it. I'm gonna sit on the bed. Put on my feet nervously. All right. Anybody else want to do anything? What are you doing tonight? I'm taking a quick glance at my spells to see if there's anything useful. Wasn't Talia going to flit about? No. Oh, yeah, uh, Talia. Uh, you got some, uh, some sticky fingers, right? Sometimes. What do you need? After she eats uh, ice cream. <laughs> The lawyer dude we picked just has a random chest full of uh, of gold that he takes for uh, for his payments. Have you ever heard? Uh, there's a phrase. I'm trying to remember the exact wording. Don't shit oh, yeah. where you Don't eat. shit in your bed. <laughs> I mean, just for future reference. Future reference. Yes, when we're not all wanted, with descriptions of us, and. I don't like being here. I'm with Luno. We should leave. She's smart. What does uh, Juliet have to say about that, considering your parents are the impetus for uh, being here in the first place? We came all the way here, and we're going to complete finding out what happened to my parents and freeing them if possible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We did not agree on freeing. We're finding out what happened to them, making sure they're still alive, and then getting the fuck out of here. But I mean, we're already here. We may yeah, well and just... we shouldn't be. Let's be real. Look, do you value family? No. <laughs> I see. Um, I value your life. I value my life. I value the lives of everyone in our party, and they're kind of like a family. But my ki- family kind of died and fucked me over. So no, I don't value family. I want to get the fuck out of here and make sure we all live. Outside of police custody. If... If you feel so strongly about that, then you are welcome to leave. Well, obviously, but I'm going to stay here for you. But my thing is, we're going to make sure your parents are still alive. Make sure that they're okay. Like, that they're they're not dead. And then we'll get out of here. And then when the heat has died down a little, maybe we can come back and save them. But right now, when there is a, when there's a curfew... When there is pictures of us up for want, for you know being wanted, now is not the time to try a, a, an escape mission. Also, what are you gonna do with them if we actually get them out? Have them tag along with our rag band crew, find a red talent group to have them sit with. Uh, there are plenty, pl- plenty of places on the frontier where people can settle down again. Little dragonborn on the prairie. <laughs> Alunadas, you're with me on this, right? Um, you have family, don't you? I have my brotherhood. They would agree the mission comes first. Well, this is our mission. 
No, the, the, the mission is to free Ruin Axis. And, speaking of the Brotherhood, their base has been destroyed here in Kala. If we were to try and do anything for your parents, it would be significantly more difficult without their help. I don't know that we could succeed. Fine. Um, when we find out what happened to them, I will see what needs to be done. Um, we'll talk about it then. Sound fair? I suppose. We have to be here until tomorrow anyway, so... I mean, have they really found us, though? I was followed. You were followed. We've already aroused far too much suspicion. Being yes, followed is not good. They haven't um, come for us yet. See, that yet is an important yeah. yet. Juliet, I appreciate that you want to save your parents. I really do. Even though mine have never been in my life. Like, I don't even know what happened to my dad. But we also have to think about, you know, not dying ourselves. And if they catch us... If we are captured, we will be put to death. Well, you guys will. I'll turn into a bat and get the fuck out. But that's neither here nor there. Hey, you got a good lawyer now, too. (laughs) He'll get you the death penalty quick. I I am going to meditate and remember my spells again. Um, I'm sorry to put you all through this trouble. Um, that's, That's it. All right. So... Does anybody want to do anything between now and tomorrow morning? I do not. I think Tali is the only one who could. I don't think she had a plan for that, though. Yeah, I mean, Talia would pretty much have free reign of the city, at least for a little while, in bat form. Um, I mean, what would I even go looking for? The jail. Oh, go fly around and see if I can see any dragonborns in the jail? Yeah. I could do that. Sure. I'll, I'll tell Juliet, for you, I will go look in the jail as a bat and see if I see your parents. Uh, but I'm not going inside because that sounds like a really good way to get killed as a pest. And I will see what I can see from the outside. Some Does guard that that? already tried to staff you. Yeah, I was already... Someone tried to kill me. I am not sure it's worth the risk, but if you feel that you can get something done and accomplished with it, I won't stop you. All right, so I will open the ro- the the window to our room, have them dim the lights or something, turn into a bat, and fly out. Okay. So you... Uh, after finding out where the jail is so they don't get lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Juliet is going to give you directions. You're currently, like, right here. Uh, beside the uh, the temple district and Juliet will give you some landmarks you know saying it's before you get to the citadel but after you get past the um, the council building up here uh, it's this building right here so you go flying out uh, over the rooftops of the uh, the city here um, the city is basically dead you have seen um, like some people hanging out in courtyards here up in the uh, the government district and the uh, where all the ambassadors and, and uh, like Mukini Muk city officials stay. Um, you are going to see a couple people like kind of out on the, the, the streets uh, appearing to like be trying to dodge guards. 
Um, you are seeing some guards out of here on the street, but not as a heavy presence as you would uh, expect from what you saw earlier in the day with there being like a guard every two blocks or so. Um, you're seeing a couple uh, marked by their uh, their torchlight as they uh, go up and down the streets here. Um, the city itself is pretty well lit. Um, there's these oil lamps um, on top of these large poles almost at uh, every uh, block. Um, they give off some light, so it's not like the, the city streets are dark. Um, so you fly over these houses and up here towards the uh, council building. And um, you make a right, and you see this large, dark stone kind of, not a fortress, um, but it looks pretty, like, solid, like... Uh, it's meant to keep people in and keep people out. Um, it is a three-story stone structure. Um, there's these uh, um, like parapets and notches in the, the wall on the roof of it. Um, you see this um, about a 15-foot tall stone wall with these wrought iron spikes. Um, on top of the wall that surrounds this place. Um, you notice that there's a double wall, so that's kind of like this uh, airlock um, with uh, one gate going in and one gate going out. And it's a gate that is about 30 feet wide. Uh, it's made out of steel um, that you can see in front of this place. Um, there are two guards standing on the outside of it and two guards um, hanging out um, near a tent on the inside of this gate um, between the uh, two walls. Um, you see another similar steel gate that connects the second wall to the interior of the uh, what's called the locker here, the gel. And there's this uh, like 20 foot wide um, cobblestone um, Drive that comes from the uh, the road up into the main entrance of the uh, the jail here. On the uh, main uh, gate to the jail that leads inside the building, you are going to see two guards on the outside of it, just hanging out. They're playing cards currently. Um, there is a door that goes inside to the gel that also appears to be uh, made out of uh, wood and reinforced steel. Um, it's about uh, 15 feet tall and about 20 feet wide. Um, you go flying around this structure and you're going to see uh, two other guards that are walking a patrol in the, uh, the inside of the two gates here nearest the, uh, the gel itself. Um, just walking a patrol. You're also going to see two guards on top of this um, gel walking a patrol, you know, looking around on the uh, down and outside into the, the courtyard. So you go flying around and you are going to see there's kind of these uh, overhangs on the outside of uh, the, uh, the building that cover up um, above these, I wouldn't really say windows as they're only about maybe a foot tall 
and about eight inches wide with uh, one steel bar uh, that goes down the middle of them. And uh, that's what you see. Okay, so I want to make a point to say that I've, as I'm flying through, I'm going to make an effort to swoop after bugs so that, you know, I try to make a convincing bat. Okay, roll deception check. <laughs> Batception. 23. Oh, you're fine. You're, <laughs> yeah. You, you, I'm a very you look convincing like a bat. bat. They have to yeah. roll perception to see her deception. Well, that is if they notice me being a fantastic bat. Um... <laughs> And I'm just gonna I'm gonna fly around and kind of peer into the different windows and see if I see any dragonborns. Okay. Any red dragon? I, they. How does dragonborn proliferation work? Would they both have to be red? Or, I mean, technically, no. It's just kind of like an expression of genes, and it's Juliet's like pure red is kind of a rarity. So. I mean, they're probably both red, but it's entirely possible they're not. I didn't really make a decision one way or the other. When her mom's red and her dad's black, and then there's like a recessive gene from like his uh, paternal uh, grandmother who's red, so that got passed <laughs> down. I'm going to do some uh, I, punnet squares here. I assume <laughs> that, that Juliet would have told me what her parents look like. Yes, yes. Is, that, is that safe to assume? That is safe, yes. Okay, so I'm going to look for Dragonborn that meet the description that Juliet gave me totally legitimately. Uh, roll me a... Roll me a percentage die. Fuck, how do I do that? I uh, roll two D... Two, uh, two D10s. Just roll a D100. Oh, yeah, there you go. 83. All right. So, uh, you, you fly around and you look in some windows... And uh, the first one you come into, um, it's really dark inside, but fortunately you can, you know, see pretty well as a bat. Um, there is a female half-orc. You're like, no, that's not it. And you go through some other windows, and you see another one where there's a, a, a male dwarf. Um, you go to another one, and, you know, it's a halfling. You go to another one, it's a human. Um so on the, the second floor, you come to a window and you look in and you see a dragonborn, uh, but they appear to be a um, bronze dragonborn. But uh, you will say you spend with an 83, you spend probably about 40 minutes going through, you know, what do you think's probably all the outside windows here? And you're not seeing anyone who matches the, the description of Juliet's parents. Okay. Um, question is, do I risk flying in to see if there are interior windows that I can see in? Or do I just go back to the hotel room? I'm just going to go back to the hotel room because I am making assumptions based on the picture and assume that there probably aren't any interior windows for uh, jail cells. I mean, you can see in and you can see that... Um these gel cells have wooden doors and there is a cutout that comes up about um, four feet from the ground um, that's open um, you know that you think that's where they put in food trays and you know swap out buckets or whatever um, but you can kind of see into the hallway which is a little bit more brightly lit and you can see that there are other doors on the interior of this that appear to be cells as well. Um, 
so all day you probably look through, you know, just like, you know, darting from window to window to window, probably about 50 cells on the outside. Um, some of them were empty, but you saw maybe about 30 people, uh, but nobody fit the description. Okay, so I will, I'll just go back, um, because even though there are, is a way for me to see in on the inside, I think it's still too risky, um, because they might not take kindly to a bat inside of the jail. Like, that might be where they draw the line for pest control. Um, so I'm gonna go back and report, like, Juliet, I didn't see your parents there at all. Oh, um, that's okay. We weren't expecting for you to find them you know, first try, so. But thank you, I really do appreciate it. Juliet would also know that, you know, the the gels here aren't like dungeons, you know. Call is pretty civilized, and, you know, even if you're in jail here, you're gonna be, you know, fed pretty well, your cell's gonna be kept clean, you know, there's, you know, it's, you're not gonna freeze here in the winter, it, it's it's a humane jail. It's not like a dungeon. They slaughtered freedom fighters. Just trying to free a mother who was unjustly imprisoned. After a trial, they were treated well beforehand. <laughs> Killed them all. But yeah, you would also know that they don't tolerate vermin in here like rats, or they keep cats in here to, to keep the rats out. I would have loved to see Talia fight a cat as a bat. <laughs> Sunday, it would Sunday, not have ended Sunday. Well. No, you have the you have the advantage of like a high attack bonus and all that stuff. You would have been uh, fine. You would no. have been wrecked. Their um, battle I would gained, be legendary. Um, I retain my intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores, but everything else is bad. And yes. you got so, one still, hit you, point. you still retain your like your proficiency bonus though. So you have a pretty decent chance. It's all about the initiative, just because she's they both have one hit point. True. All right, so you make it it's back. It's all about that based <laughs> attack bonus. You make it back and you report to Juliet. So anything else you want to do? Talk about dinner, show. I mean, I guess see, obviously I was... we're going to eat dinner, but. Well, I'm, I'm full from the buds. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm full from the bugs, but uh, I'm also uh, very tired from flying around, so I'm just gonna go to sleep. I know you were saying bugs, but it sounded an awful lot like butts. Those I'm two. full of butts. All right. So is everybody settling down for the night, or what are you doing? Yeah, Juliet's gonna put an alarm spell on her room, or I guess her and Talia's room. Okay. Do you no, want to? Uh, Talia. Sorry, go ahead. No, John. she can sneak out. It's just people can't sneak in. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to fool around with that pendant? Absolutely. Give me a intelligence check. I'm supposed to be good at these, but I guarantee I'm gonna roll low. If I if I don't roll low, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a natural twenty. Oh my goodness. It's so, a Groundhog Day miracle. <laughs> so that's uh. It's a 23. Oh, I should have made a groundhog one shot. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So, wow, 23. So, um, you made a great deal of progress the last time you started working on this thing. You spend, you know, the, the next three hours or so, Talia 
map's probably already, you know, conked out, and you're over at the, the little desk here um, in the uh, oil lamp light, uh, fooling around with this thing. And you, you know, spin the outside circle, and then the inside circle, and then the middle circle, and then the second middle circle. And the last time, the most you were able to get out of it was the words last follow loop and sense um so working off those words um you are able to fool around with this for the next three hours and then you get to this point and all the words are starting to make sense and you click this last circle into place and you hear and feel this click inside of this amulet and you're able to read the words in draconic the last is first the first is next follow the loop till the text makes sense okay so it's instructions for a code of some kind and i just put the uh that sentence in uh chat okay since the till Last word is since, the first word is the, then follow the loop. So till. Since the till. So you come you come to this and you're like, oh, this has got to be it. I mean, there was a click. All the text makes sense. This has got to be it. So you start, you pull out the journal and uh, you start reading it over. And as before, you were reading it in Draconic. Uh, it's written in Draconic and you can read it in their words but the orders the, w- the words are in don't make sense in this journal give me another intelligence check okay, 15 all Not right bad. so you start you pull out a quill and you look at the 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 first page of this thing and you start reading it and you take the the first word from the page and then you take the last word from the page and then the second to first word, and then the second to last, and you start writing this, and you start getting, like, excited because now everything starts to make sense. Sweet. And um, this is what you're able to get after uh, reading the first two pages. It's in that chat. Cornelius and I have gathered some supplies and have set out for Darish. The roads should be clear with the recent melt. If we had spent any more time in Luskane, I fear would have been beggared. I have told my friends to forward any correspondence there for the three months. My excitement cannot be overstated. This is the quest for the ages, or it could be an utter waste of time. No matter. We are young and tragically unoccupied, as is the curse of young nobles. Interesting. Journal of Sir Heschel Long Herschel. Herschel sounds, Heschel, whatever. It sounds like the intro to a uh, a Lovecraft story. <laughs> You're like, oh, this, you know, I've, I've got something here. And then you start translating more pages and more pages. And after about another uh, two hours, you start to nod off. Um, but you haven't really got anything else from this except there's several more entries that um, describe uh, Long's journey to Darish that uh, seem unimportant. Cool. Do you want to try to continue reading through the night and uh, or do you want to uh, call it? No, I'm gonna call it. 
Okay. Can't, can't risk that exhaustion. All right. So uh, eventually you nod off. And uh, let's switch over here to Lunados. So Lunados, you are in deep meditation in your room. Is anybody staying with uh, Lunados? I think Shane or Alexander and I are staying. Yeah. Okay. So Alexander would have been nodded off at this point, and you're pretty deep in your meditation. Um, go ahead and what's your passive perception? Is it 16? 16. Okay. So um, it's probably about 3 a.m. at this point. You kind of like feel like a, a draft in your room. And you're like, well, these windows must not be well made. And then after about a uh, minute later, you're going to feel like a presence in the room with you other than Alexander, who is snoring loudly at this point. I am going to not move, but I'm going to listen very, very carefully. See if I can't see reflections or something. I'm, I'm going to do a perception check, is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to, like, kind of crack your eye open? Yeah. Ooh, 26. Bam, crit. That was that was a crit success and a crit fell all in the... <laughs> so that's a uh, 26 to your perception. Um, so you're going to open your eyes slightly enough to, you know, where in this dark room nobody would be able to uh, see you open your eyes and um, in front of you about four feet away is a figure in a dark cloak and you see it begin to like kind of kneel down and you hear it say hey Aludidas what I need to speak to you okay but who are you I think you know brother Juliet do I, <laughs> do I look like a dragonborn to you? And then you see um, the figure pull back the uh, the hood of their cloak, and you recognize it as the uh, acolyte you grew up with, the uh, Fader Mouse. Lagermouse, God. <laughs> Lagermouse. <laughs> what are you doing in Kala? Looking for you. And uh, now that um, he said that, you recognize um, him as the person that was following you um, from the uh, Greasy Palm. Were hanging out at the whorehouse earlier? No, I was looking for you. At the whorehouse? Yes. Why are you looking for me? I mean, I'm cool. <laughs> well, you should put on an, an, a blanket. Lunadas climbs under the blankets. Will this protect me from something? Well, you said you were cool. Yeah. Am I misunderstanding something? Is this the... Is this supposed to be humorous? Is this what you've picked up in the world? Cool means that people like me. I have friends. Oh. Okay. So why are you here? The monastery's been attacked. I'll leave at once. And I stand up and start grabbing my things. Okay. So, Does he uh, say anything? No, he doesn't stop you. 
He's going to okay. um, go over to the door and open it. And uh, Shane or uh, Alexander, give me a perception check. Or what's your uh, passive uh, perception? My passive perception is uh, it's dex bonus, right? Yeah, uh, it should no, be your it's wisdom. wisdom. Oh, uh, 14. Okay, so uh, you're not going to hear them uh, walk out to the hallway. And Logger Mouse is going to motion um, for you, Alunados, to uh, come downstairs. And at this point, there's nobody in the common room. Uh, it's dark, except for a uh, lamp over by the bar. And you are going to um, see a dwarf asleep in the corner um, that has a uh, club on their side. You think this is probably... Um, someone here who's just watching the bar to make sure nobody breaks in or steals anything. And he's going to... I should leave a note. Let the others know that I've gone. That I wasn't kidnapped or something. He says, there's nothing to go to right now. And he's going to motion for you to uh, walk over to the uh, the corner um, with him. And he says... What do you mean? It's, it's gone. Oh. Then why did you let me start to leave to go help because I needed to talk to you oh we, we can do that back up in the room let's go back up to the room <laughs> as, as you say <laughs> so you walk back up give me a, a stealth check you go back into the room 60 <laughs> alright you got a, a 17 um, so you walk back into the room and says uh I had Shaw scry on you and found you in the middle of conversation talking about your plans to go to Kala, so I came. It's been probably three weeks ago. I had a strange feeling, so I bought in town. I decided to make my way back to the monastery and found that it had been attacked. And I found one monk alive, said that the... The rest who survived retreated to a hideout in Ice Lake. So I went there. There I was able to find our master who was severely injured. He said that the monastery had been attacked by one of the companions, the the wizard. So they retreated here. There's not much left of us and right now we're in hiding. But my mission has purpose. And you see him, he's going to pull a... Uh, like a leather script from his back and he's going to hand it to you this is basically all that's left of our stronghold in the monastery a master said to bring this to you in your quest to find the artifacts I am to return to help rebuild it isolate it is what's in the bag I open the bag and look inside uh, inside you are going to see an amulet in the shape of a dragon that's eating its tail that you uh, recognize as an amulet that your um, master sensei wore and then you're also going to find this set of leather bracers with uh, a bronze um, depiction of the uh, the same dragon eating its tail in uh, bronze and Lager Mouse is going to say, I think you know what these are. Do, do I know what these are? Oh yeah, you know what they are. They're like two um, magical items that you have seen that your master uh, has worn. 
This is a tremendous boon, brother. Thank you. It is. Hurry back to the monastery. Give them my best wishes. Tell them that I will find the artifacts. I will free our mistress. And we will kill the companions. Very hard. I see that these these items are well placed then. Very hard. What news do you have of your hut? We found some more information at the Shrine of the Raven Queen in the Witching Woods north of here. We are still working to decipher it. It was coded. What sort of information? I don't know. Possibly more information on where to find artifacts or clues to their whereabouts. Or the pieces of the map leading to their, to our mistress's egg. Well, that's amazing. Yes. As I said, though, it was a recent discovery. We're still working to decode it. Well, I wish you safe, a safe and fast journey. Maybe you can... When this is all over, you can meet us back at the monastery. We are... I would like nothing better. We are on a mountain high above the, the town of Ice Lake to the north. Ice Lake? Does that sound familiar? Um, to you... Give me a history check. Uh, no, I was just thinking it might have something to do with any of the artifacts, and it does not. Uh, no. Uh, Asbury. Yeah. All I know is that one of them is in the north somewhere. Which, Ice Lake is in the north. Uh, it is. If you want to give me a history check, uh, well, no, you, you would, you've seen world maps. And I lived there. <laughs> um, well, the, the monastery. Or I lived near Silverleaf. The monastery you uh, grew up at and trained at was near Estermead, which is right here. And Ice Lake here is to the north, about uh, 50 miles or so. Uh -huh. And it is at the confluence of all of these tributaries and streams that come out of this glacier to the north. And it feeds the um, river that runs down this large uh, river that runs down through Faybarrow and Forest Bay that divides uh, the south from the uh, Faydale region. Fare you well, brother. I will use these well. Very hard. Be warned, they're looking for you in this city. So, well, if that was you following me, who followed the others, I wonder? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then, that's a thing. The only reason I knew that you were here was because I had Shaw scry on you. We should work on protecting ourselves from scrying, I think. Is that possible? I don't know. I should also lock my windows at night. Yes. It was quite easy to get in. And quite easy to sneak up on you, I must, I, I must say, brother. Well, I knew you were there. <laughs> After I got inside, yeah, you did. <laughs> I mean, that was very easy. I believe you're getting soft. Very hard. Well, I guess I'll be on my way with my mission completed. Yes, rebuild the monastery. And maybe be more hidden. Oh, you don't like the cloak? And he kind of does like this, uh, like, uh, faux modeling. Well, I'm at the monastery, but yeah, you should be more hidden too. I saw you before. That's why I ran. Well, Big get cloak, very conspicuous. <laughs> well, get revenge for us, brother. I will. I will punch them right in the butts. Well, after I return to Eistel, I'll be setting back out to find this companion that destroyed the monastery. The wizard. I hear he's still in the region. <laughs>
He was traveling with that bod. Well, if we travel to the north, I'll be sure to keep an ear peaked for them. As you say, finish up here, come back, and we may seek our revenge together. That would be fun. And he is going to pull up his hood and open the door and walk out. Okay. We're like totally on our own, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big deal for them to have discovered your monastery and uh, destroyed it because that was pretty secret. You don't know exactly how that may have happened. At least Loggermouse doesn't know. And we have to worry about scrying. Yep, you don't know who's been doing that. Who on a stick? All right, we can discuss that in the morning, though. Um, you would know that these, uh, the amulet, you might want to write this down. Yeah, I have the inventory. Once per day, um, you get 1d4 max key points. Does not require attunement. So, basically, once a day, you can meditate upon this uh, amulet, and it'll increase your max key points by 1d4. Nice. The bracers, you can activate these once per day, and all attacks um, for that round, you can add 1d4 force damage. Does that require attunement? Does not. Also nice. Uh, but it only works for one round once per day. Yes. I'll put those to fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, I think this is probably a good, pretty good place to end it right there. I think so. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Got magic items and even more powerful, a lawyer. <laughs> and I get to fly around as a bat. Everyone wins. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Howdy, folks. I'm Gerg of Gerg's Barbecue and Crematorium, and I'd like to take a minute to address some of the slander about my business. We have some of the finest slow-cooked barbecue in the Plains Nation, and yes, we offer all-hours crematorium services, but never the twain shall meet. Rest assured that your delicious combo platter of pulled pork and mutton never touched the remains of someone's loved one. Death comes for us all, and at all hours, and we answer the call, but that doesn't mean you could be eating a person. You have my word, we keep it separate. So if you have a hunger in your belly or sadness in your soul for the loss of a loved one, we can help. Gerg's Barbecue and Crematorium, we're always open. The music you heard on this episode was Teller of the Tales, Not As It Seems, Serpentine Trek, and Dreamlike by Kevin McLeod in Incompetech.com. Licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.